Today on City Cash Chicago. We talk a lot about the city's world-renowned restaurant scene, but today we want to help you find the underground stuff, the, the speakeasy, supper clubs, and hidden restaurants that will, if you know, you know. Luckily, our friends from the infatuation are here with all of their tips and tricks, and to discuss if these secret spots are really even all that secret. It's Wednesday, February 21st. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago's talking about. Joining me are Adrian Kane. Welcome back, Adrian. Hello, nice to be back. Nice to have you. And also, John Ringor. John, welcome back. Thanks for having us. Nice to be back. Adrian, the term speakeasy comes from prohibition. When you had to drink alcohol on the Lolo, you had to go into a back room, go into a basement, right? That's when the, the gangsters was really, really popping off and getting rich off of the cheap booze. Uh, so what does it mean to be named or to be like a speakeasy in 2024? You know, I will say, I think 2024, we are playing it fast and loose with the speakeasy <laughs> definition. I mean, at some point, it's like if the, if there's a door and it's painted black, it's a speakeasy, um, you know, <laughs> but for me, a speakeasy always is sort of that. I, I love a hidden doorway. I do love a mm -hmm. moment where the bookcase opens and you go in the back behind it. But, you know, right now, any restaurant that's got a bar in the basement, they're calling it a speakeasy. I think John right. will agree. <laughs> John, is it trendy right now? Oh, I, I think it's been trendy for a minute and people still aren't sick of it. Like people love the allure of, of finding something behind another thing. Um there's something just so charming and so novel about it that people are still like so into. And, and I love that it comes in in different shapes and sizes. So, for example, you might have a situation like a punch house in Pilsen, right? When you talk about a bar in the basement, this is inside of what used to be do sex over at Talia Hall or, or you think of like the library inside of Guild Bar. But then there are a couple more elaborate ones, you know, Blind Barber, you got to go through a barber shop over in the West Loop it, and Wicker for Dorian's, you got to go through a, a small little record shop. Right. Yeah. That's and like you really can't even see the doorway. Right. And they got to let mm -hmm. you in, you know, and um, even uh, Prevare's Speakeasy Preve, which is quite literally hidden behind some shelves, you know, so mm -hmm. they're they're doing they're actually a little convincing. I really do feel like it's a discovery <laughs> instead of, you know, here's <laughs> here's our bar in the basement. So for you right now, what is, you know, a couple of your favorite speakeasy recommendations? You know, if for you, you like to get that hidden behind the bookcase feel. Like you said, Dorian's is always a great one just because you have to go through the record shop. Um, but I also really like Nine Bar in Chinatown, mm, um, yes, which yes. is basically located inside of, you know, kind of like a takeout Chinese restaurant, but it's behind their quote unquote kitchen door. Uh, there's also Drifter, which is in Green Door Tavern uh, in River North, um, where basically that's they got this uh, kind of shelves of tchotchkes and like one of the tchotchkes is actually the doorknob, you know, and then you go in and there's like. It's really dark. There's, you know, there might be a burlesque show. The menu is, you know, written on tarot cards and then the bartender or the servers are shuffling them up depending on what night it is. Um, so I think like th those are pretty fun. 
when I'm thinking of a speakeasy, right? I'm thinking a, a, a slightly more chill vibe than if I'm going somewhere where it's going to be packed. There'll be good music. I might enjoy that. But speakeasy, I'm thinking, right, a little bit more elbow room, a little more chill. But I'm also thinking about good drinks. So so for you, what are those places that hit those criteria? I know that the Alderman and John, you can jump into if you agree uh-huh. with this, but I think the Alderman and Pelson is really great for that. You know, um, even though it doesn't have the the completely like the it's not as hidden. I think it even has a sign, you know, but you know what it is. It's small. I think it's got 16 seats. It's very intimate, very chill. Um, and if you really want to talk about quality and this is a little this is a little absurd, but the office, which is attached to the aviary, which you you have to like even have a key to get in and then you're going to get those elaborate drinks. But you really do just get to like sit back and and chill, you know. Um, And then there are some speakeasies that are kind of rambunctious. Um, I don't know (laughs) if you've been to the bar in the back of Bodega, um, Mm -hmm. which is I would walk real fast through Bodega. Um, that is not where you want to be stopping for a meal. But the bar is actually pretty cool. And it's almost like a little club back there. Like that really does have like have a vibe as well. Are there any speakeasies, John, that have avoided what, you know, you, you got to do the marketing at this point, which I think is where that interesting juxtaposition happens, where you are sort of secretive, maybe in decoration alone. But, you know, you got to be out there. Are there any on your list that have still somehow maintained an elusive sort of uh, mysterious nature to them? Ooh, John. <laughs> Man, is it, is, are there any secrets left? Yeah, like, that's what really? I was say. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I feel like, you know, the more secret ones are kind of the older ones now, right? Like, I think, you know, mm-hmm. Dorian's is, a, like, people still love it, but because there have been so many since it opened, like, it's sometimes pushed to the wayside. Or, like, uh, a Violet Hour, too, you know? Like, oh, yeah. That was, that was, like, the OG one for Chicago, the OG of the new G's? Yeah. <laughs> From speakeasies to supper clubs, I think supper clubs have, have remained a little bit more elusive. One, because people are still trying to, similar to speakeasy, kind of pin down the definition, right? As they've become more popular in recent years, they're they're more about these sort of semi-private, sometimes invitation-only dinner experience. You know, how does somebody go about, because these are a little bit harder to Google than, than a, you know, your best speakeasies in Chicago. How would somebody go about finding the best supper clubs, Adrian? For sure. Okay. Well, so I just have to say, like, when you say supper club, like, I, you know, I know we're taught, like, supper club now, the meaning has changed, because, like, historically, mm-hmm. it was, like, these, like, little bars that serve dinner. Um, I think, like, I think the first one was in California, but, like, it comes mm-hmm. from Wisconsin. So I think there's just this, this, I think Chicago in particular just loves the idea of a supper club. I was going to say, let's take a step back because you were talking about that change in definition over time. Um, Can you talk about how it's gone, uh, how it's evolved over time? Like what was its original purpose to what it looks like more now? Like originally supper clubs, which, you know, the whole Northwoods, Wisconsin supper clubs were really just like almost quite, quite frankly, private clubs that people would go to, um, 
after church on, you know, after church or whenever to like hang out and have a meal. Um, the meals were usually not very expensive, pretty simple things. It was more about the drinks than the actual food. Very simple prime rib, chicken, a relish tray, a lazy Susan moment happening. Um, and those became something that would happen more in bars. So they weren't necessarily even just restaurants. It would be like more of a bar serving that kind of food. Mm-hmm. And it has this nostalgia. You know, I actually went to college in Madison and there was so many supper clubs near there. Um, there's also the Friday Fish Fry was a part of it. You know, that certainly trickled down to Chicago. Um, but they're still going strong, right? But they always did have this intimate feel they really were sort of invite only, you know, they were not big restaurants. That's how they started. And I think that that's part of that evolution where it really does connect with this idea of speakeasies or this, this exclusivity, this like you have to kind of be in the know about them. Um, and I think that that appeal is like long lasting. Mm-hmm. I, from what I understood, some of the former speakeasy locations sort of transitioned into uh, supper clubs in some respect. Yeah. You know, and I think we've absolutely kind of turned that into these exclusive dining events. And they are a bit hard to find. I think, of course, social media is the best way to find out about them. I know that like we've certainly like we have a guide to like the best secret restaurants in Chicago that are some of these. And we try and give instructions on how to score an invite. Um, I think Reddit can be a good resource as well if you're Mm -hmm. sneaky. But, um, you know, really, it's like it's hitting the Internet pavement is what you want to do as far as like finding out about these places. But then like even like going deeper and like putting in even more specific things like something as stupid as like super secret or like underground like can (laughs) you'll like find one user who posted like one thing that maybe got one upvote but it's like wait this one guy this one guy knows Mm -hmm. something you know um and then you start to it then you follow the rabbit hole right john like wait a second i think i heard about this and then you start doing all of your cross-referencing and and you just have to use your like Let's face it, not we don't all just want to sit in some some random person's house eating dinner. It's like I need to make sure <laughs> so it's like, you know, not every secret's a good one, right? So, you know, it's kind of on our um our our eating out expertise where we can kind of follow the breadcrumbs, no pun intended, mm-hmm. to decide if this is something that we really think is worth exploring, you know. And then they do sometimes turn into really great restaurants. Wazwan is what I can think of that that place started out as like an underground dining club that now like became a really great restaurant and you can eat um, that chef's food in Wicker Park, which is really cool. Um, Wazwan's now called Lilac Tiger, but also at the Coach House. So if you're lucky, they become real. But man, people love the exclusivity of it. Mm-hmm. And then there are some that I'm just like, because we always dine anonymously, we don't do any, like, we don't accept free meals. We never use, like, what we do for a living to get, get special treatment. We're waiting to try and get an invite like the mm. rest of you. So, like, I am currently trying to check out, you know, Connie's Underground, um, which is, like, I don't know if you've heard of it, but the former chef of, chef of I don't know how underground it is since clearly it's being sold out but like I really <laughs> want to get there I want to try this woman's food I remember when she was cooking at Kiko which is in the basement of Kamiko which 
also not a speakeasy, but yes, in the basement. And, um, you know, I, I can't wait to try it. Mm-hmm. I've gotten to try Cha-Cha Club. Our team oh, did a oh. uh, dinner with them where they took did like a take on some Chicago classics. And so that was fun. And then I've also done Herbal Notes, which is like a uh, an infused uh, sort of supper club. Uh, John, have you had any experiences to this? Have either of you had an experience to this point with an underground dining experience that you either loved or, you know, it, like you said, not all secrets are good. No, I, I had a I had a pretty good one. It's this place called Saint Emmerich. Um, it's mm-hmm. like this this couple that basically converted a church into their house, um, and then they were hosting private dinner events over there. Before you had to go through a whole like follow them on Instagram, figure out what the password is, like in order to get a ticket. I, re- I remember that. I've, I've not yet been able to to, uh, to get through it. The last time I checked, it was still that process. Yeah, so, it, and, and like, you couldn't even check their Instagram until they, like, accepted your request. Like, there was, there was a whole process involved with that. Was the food good? Yeah, the food was great. I had a, a really good, um, basically, mashed potatoes, but it was fried, and then it was topped with um, lamb carpaccio on it top. Oh, man, it was it was like a flavor bomb, like biting into it. It was sick. Then there are like the other thing, too, that has become, I think, popular. It's not so much as underground as that, but they're almost these little special nights that restaurants will do, I think probably to tease out ideas, but also to add like a little bit of interest. And I had um, I don't know if you've heard of uh, Takaria Chingong does these like taco, um, they call them. I'm going to say it wrong, but taco makase, where it's basically like 13 courses of masa based dishes and they just do it for seven people. It's like every Monday in a full moon when like it's a, I mean, you never know when they're going to happen, but like, and Mm -hmm. the tickets go so fast. Um, And that too, it's like, you can't, they like the restaurant, like the curtains are all down. So you can't see what's happening in there. And you like walk in and you really do feel like you're getting this like, special experience that you have to like babysit their Instagram to see when they're going to release the tickets and and jump on it. And it's, it's amazing. So I highly suggest everyone do that if they see it getting posted, because it's really good. I mean, with so many options for people out here, I feel like you have to have some sense of, of creativity or some sense of thought and intentionality to sort of attract people. You know, why do you think people are, you know, that they love these speakeasy supper club sort of secret restaurant experiences so much. I uh, personally, I think because people like supporting small business, I think people like supporting people's dreams. I think it's really cool when you've got someone like going a little rogue. It's a sense of community that you don't necessarily get at a regular restaurant that I think is fun. There's like a sense of excitement there. Also just a general sense of surprise. Um, yeah, like, like people like experiencing something unexpected if it ends up being good, you know, Mm -hmm. um, like I, like one of the biggest examples of that for me is the spot in little village, um, Asian cuisine express. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so <laughs> we talked about that on our best tacos uh, list. Man, uh, I, I pulled you know, over there for the Monday dollar holla. Yeah, the dollar tacos, but it's called Asian Cuisine Express, you know, and then you uh-huh. walk it, walking in and 
you're like, wait, what is this trompo of Al Pastor <laughs> doing here behind all of these, you know, like anime figurines? Are like, these figurines crazy. for sale? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you get buy one, get one free with the taco, you know, like. Uh, but but that place is like for me a prime example of like being surprised so pleasantly because the food is so good and it's so unexpected. People who are. I think attending these kinds of dinners or seeking these out are probably people that are bored with with the regular. You know, they're probably diners who they're people that go out probably to eat a lot. They've been to a lot of different places and they are looking for something surprising, something unexpected, um, like something to discover. Whether in the traditional definition or even in the modern interpretation, speakeasy, supper club, even like a secret restaurant, I think the exclusivity can also maybe breed an intimidation, right? Like a like a private club. Like I often think of a, a multi-course private meal as like, oh, that's fine dining, which means it's going to be expensive, which means it's going to be inaccessible. When you think of a speakeasy and maybe it only has 16 or 20 seats, that means a lot of people are coveting for them. So maybe long lines, maybe you're always hunting for it to be sold out. Do you think that air of inaccessibility is is still there in a way that makes people, you know, not not even want to try to to either look for or to put in the, you know, sometimes effort it takes to to get into some of these places? You know, I, I think it really just depends on the individual. I think that's a really great point. You know, when John was talking about that place where it's like, I have to practically submit an application for you to consider <laughs> me spending my money here. It's kind of, there's something about that where it's like that either as a person that either makes you interested or that makes you think, you know what, maybe not, you know, maybe that's not for me. I think that the way these places choose to like reach out and market themselves can also make a big difference. If a place is being really loud on social media and yet is very hard to get into, that to me makes it feel like you are almost trying to cultivate that sort of sense of like, you have to be, you know, um, what what you're talking about versus like mm -hmm. someone who probably is keeping it really on, you know, keeping it underground and making sure that that people don't know that they can't get in because they don't even know it exists, right? And, and I will say a lot of the places we've talked about in this conversation, I've been to for a good night, whether it's a, a Dorian's, a Blind Barbara, or the Alderman. Um, and a lot of them, once you get in, it is just a bunch of Chicagoans kind of kicking yeah. it and hanging out, right? It doesn't feel like it's this sense of like you're in the wrong place. The few supper clubs I've been to where I have met other people there is mostly been vibes. Some yeah. of the supper clubs have been cannabis related. And so I imagine that has something to do with the vibes. <laughs> uh, but even at the bars, a, a lot of them have just been, you know, Chicagoans also looking for a, a cool time and, and not this sense of, you know, sort of superiority or th this is ours, which I, I really appreciate. Are there any other places on y'all list that y'all wanted to put people on that we didn't get to, whether Speakeasy, Separate Club, or just a, a nice low-key restaurant, secret restaurant people might not be familiar with? Well, this is it's kind of like going on with a little hard-to-find sort of situation. There's this place in the South Loop called Tak Korean Bistro, um, which is basically located in the basement of like a office building. And like in order to get in, you got to buzz in one of the little office doorbell buttons. And like they have like good Korean food and they also have a bunch of karaoke rooms. Karaoke. Where, like, <laughs> if, if you're really into like having 18 of your friends piling and like belting Beyonce, that's what's up. Like, <laughs> yeah. And that place is new. That opened last year, right, John? Like that's a relatively new spot. Yeah, it's, it's pretty not, new. That's really fun. And I have to say, too, if you want like um, 
a Sunday supper club without like, that's actually good. I don't know if you know that Buff House has started doing like supper club Sundays where, okay. um, yeah, which I, it's a really great steakhouse in West Town. It's, it's, it's everything you want, you know, very much feels like a bar that just happens to serve really incredible steak. And, um, I believe they're doing it every Sunday, um, for, it's a little pricey. It's $99, but you do get, um, your choice of like prime rib or chicken and like a bunch of sides and a dessert and, um, a brandy old fashioned, which is like key supper club, um, cocktail. Um, and it's really, it's really good. And it's, uh, it's, it's a very nice experience, very relaxing. Hey, I appreciate both of y'all. Between speakeasy, supper clubs, and secret restaurants, one thing I can guarantee when we talk to our friends at The Infatuation, you're going to lead a conversation with a lot of recommendations, and you're probably going to be hungry as hell. So again, thank you to John Rengor and Adrian Kane from The Infatuation. Oh, thank you so Thanks much. Thanks so much, Kofi. Whether you've been here for three years, three weeks, or three episodes, if you love to work at CityCast in Hey Chicago, consider becoming a member. Starting at just eight bucks a month, you'll get ad-free listening, members-only updates, and the knowledge that you helped keep the homies employed for another maybe 700, 750 episodes. Now, don't that warm your heart? Sign up now at membership.citycast.fm. Of course, I got some good news. Get ready for a memorable night of Motown classics this Saturday at the Auditorium Theater when Magic of Motown hits the stage with 15 powerful voices in a six-piece band playing all the hits. I'm talking Temptations, Diana Ross and the Supremes, Jackson 5, Aretha Franklin, and more. You can find a ticket link in the show notes. As always, we appreciate you for listening. We're going to be back bright and early tomorrow breaking down the Cook County State's Attorney race. We'll talk to you then. Peace. John, last time we talked, you told me your list of 2023 was over, I think, 300 restaurants. We just in February at this point. Where are you at so far? Uh, so <laughs> I'm currently at like around 40 restaurants right now. Okay. Oh <laughs> Jesus, that is, I mean, it's work, but that also sounds so amazing. I, I don't the know what is, that experience is like. The thing is, it's that's that 40 is like actually not all work. Some of that is for play, too. <laughs> that's, okay, good for you. Good that for you. Is the thing about John, man, he goes out, he goes, talk second, third dinner, that is John. First dinner's for work, the other two are just for fun. Like, it's admirable.